Hi, you're listening to the Road to a Billion podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Georgi. Since 2011, I've sold over $700 million worth of products for both clients and my own companies. I've also founded or co-founded eight different businesses that have grossed between seven to nine figures in revenue. Today, I focus a lot of my time on teaching, training, and mentoring the next generation of freelancers and entrepreneurs. And that's why I created The Road to a Billion, a call-in radio show style podcast where I answer people's questions on mindset, business ownership, scaling funnels, copywriting, and more. If you want to submit a question, then check out the show notes to learn how, or visit me at stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe to opt into my email list. And every week, you'll get a link to join the live call-in show. And with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, in this episode, Stefan analyzes our ideas of what freedom looks like and what we expect from it. Get ready for a philosophical discussion about our inability to define freedom and what we can do to get closer to living a free life. Here's a glimpse of the mind-altering perspectives you're about to discover. Stefan discusses his experience with censorship and how it's helping him develop a new book, why ultimate freedom can't be attained, and what you can do to get closer to living the free life you're dreaming of, what it means to live without coercion in terms of health, wealth, and relationships, a sneak peek on Stefan's new course, Profit Fix Formula, and how you can get it for just $10. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy. It's funny, like I had the post on Facebook today about like censorship and being sort of censored and fear of being deplatformed and things like that. And I've also been kind of dabbling with crypto more as some of you know uh, from the previous episode of Maria. And, um, but one of the things I've wanted to do really badly is to write a book about uh, freedom, which is something that I'm starting to work on. I've actually outlined several of the chapters and um, I think this stuff of like, even with like feeling like uh, a risk of, of, of censorship and freedom of speech on Facebook um, kind of further motivates me to want to write this book. Um, so essentially like here's what the book's going to be about. And I'm just sharing because why not, right? Um, the thesis is essentially this. When, when you talk to entrepreneurs and freelancers and most people uh, and you ask about like, you know, what one of their highest like values is what you know why did they get into freelancing why did they try you know get into business um it's very generally like um because they want they're like freedom i want to be free and you're like oh, okay cool like what does freedom mean to you and nobody can give a really good definition it's, it's stuff like it's like oh freedom means uh not having a boss or only working when i want to or working on my terms or not being stuck in a location or, you know, a million other things. And those are all perhaps uh, attributes of this idea of freedom, but they probably aren't actually freedom, you know, in, in a really classic sense, right? And so there's a problem, which is that so many of us are trying to uh, attain freedom. We say it's one of our highest values, but we can't actually define it. So we can't define freedom. So we're, we're working towards something we can't even define, which is problematic, right? Um, cause if you don't know what it is, how are you ever going to get there? Um, so that's, that's a core issue at the heart of a lot of freelancers, entrepreneurs, and just people, 
of the 21st century is we we say we want freedom we don't know what freedom actually is or what it means right um so part of it is like how do we define freedom and i'll get to that in a second the other part of it though is even what you essentially find is that freedom is not a physical thing right so because here's the deal so say like i want freedom but but it's like saying i um like I'm going to go, so it's so like, you know, I'm, I want to get towards freedom, but you don't have a map and you don't have directions, right? You don't know how to get there. So for example, if you're like, I want to go to some random restaurant in Atlanta, never been there, and you just get in your car and you don't live in Atlanta, right? Um, so you live where I do in Las Vegas or, you know, you live in New York, California, it doesn't matter, right? You get in your car with no GPS, no phone, no map, and you're like, I'm going to go to this restaurant in Atlanta. Are you going to find that restaurant? In Atlanta, right? Just getting in your car. Maybe, possibly, uh, also very likely you won't, right? Sitting in a restaurant in Manhattan. You have no idea what the address is, anything else. Just get in your car, start driving. You'll pick your, your city. Um, so like you need a map to get there. And it's the same thing for getting to attaining freedom in your life. But where the analogy falls apart is while the, the restaurant is a physical thing, right? Freedom is not, it's a concept, it's an ideal. Um, there's no, there's no, I can't just point to something and say that's freedom, right? Um, and so given that, like, what does that mean? Well, it basically means we're never gonna probably attain true freedom because we don't, even if we can define it, we don't, like, we don't know what freedom is and it's not like a physical thing, right? We're never gonna define it, but does that mean it's not worth pursuing it? Can we not at least get closer and closer in proximity to freedom, right? And so if we're doing that, what does that really mean? It means that the goal for us is not to attain ultimate freedom as much as it is to, to practice freedom. It's looking at freedom as a, as a process, as something that we practice uh, versus like an outcome or an end state, right? Like, so how do we do that? Like, it comes down to action and choices. And, and specifically, it comes down to conscious decisions that are non-coerced, right? So for example, if somebody, anytime somebody is forcing me to make a decision, I am going to, that's, that, that's antithetical to freedom, right? Like I'm being coerced into making a decision. Now that could be a decision about, uh, you know, like I have to go to work, right? I, I, like I don't have another option, I don't think. So I have to go to work and, um, you know, I have to do these things at work because if I quit, I'll lose my job. And, you know, the economic downside would be so bad that like I am being coerced. So I have to make this decision because the upside of not making it is limited. The downside's huge. That's the coercion side of it, right? And we want to move away from that towards decisions that are non-coerced, but we're never going to not be like have a life that's free of coercion. Uh, any parent can tell you that, right? I can't like, I get coerced to feed my daughter or take the dog out or do it. I don't, I guess I don't, I don't have to do it. Um, but you know, the downside of not taking action is way greater than the upside, right? The downside of my daughter starving is a, a horrible downside, right? So there's coercion, but that's okay. It's okay. That, that's an okay coercion. Like it's never going to go away, but how do we make, create an environment for ourselves where we're able to make an increasing amount of our decisions and choices free from coercion. So look at our health, wealth, and relationships, right? You know, in your health, right now, you can eat whatever you want. You're young and healthy. You can eat whatever you want. You can eat a bunch of Big Macs and shitty processed fast food and whatever. Your prerogative. Cool. But 
by doing that today, you're increasing the probability of coercion down the road because you're going to be coerced into taking medications or more doctor's visits or having to work out more or having to sacrifice and eat a really strict diet or whatever it is. So even though you're like, you can make the choice not to eat healthy today and it's like a free choice, it's not really something that gets us closer towards freedom. It gets us closer towards coercion. And therefore having a really unhealthy, shitty diet is not a good idea, not a good choice, doesn't lead us towards freedom, right? Um, versus if we were to eat a healthy diet now, it's something that we choose to do that. We don't have to, but we choose to do it today that can help us to not be coerced down the road. Same thing with work, right? With a job. If you're able to um, get, you know, become a freelancer and you know, start making enough money, like, well, you're still coerced, you have clients, you have things like that. Maybe you have to become a business owner, but really you have to become wealthy enough to have like passive income that then you aren't coerced, you don't have to do anything. You, you choose to work, but you don't have to do it. Um, relationships, same thing, like toxic relationships. You know, if you're in a relationship where you have to do certain things that are, you know, then detrimental, that they're toxic or they're hurtful. You know, if there's a coercion aspect there, how do we get ourselves out of those relationships and into ones where we're still doing things for the other person, but we're doing it out of our own volition versus coercion more often. Uh, and the whole big thing there is an asymmetrical component of, again, ideally when you, you know, don't do something, there's very limited downside, but when you do it, it's at least neutral. And ideally there's even a really big upside to it. So that's the asymmetry. So, is that making sense? Essentially, freedom is a process. We practice freedom. It is a process leading us towards, um, you know, a greater state of autonomy and um, away from coercion. If you have coercion here, freedom here, you're in the middle. We're trying to move more and more this way. We're never going to get to freedom, but we can have uh, an increased proximity. And by looking at it that way, you can then create um, a lot of ways to kind of govern your life, whether it's going back to crypto, because crypto potentially, depending on the coin, could uh, remove you from governmental coercion, like economically, right? Um, now again, depending on the coin, there's arguments that Bitcoin could be shut down by China, the US, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not saying that's perfect, but that's why crypto is worth looking at. Um, you know, decentralized, like even like to me, the Facebook stuff, going back to that and the censorship, and the, I'm like, all right, well, this is a platform that, you know, seems to be more and more coercive because it, it is limiting my freedom of speech, from my opinion, right? Um, unreasonably. And so it's coercing me into having to censor myself in order to stay on the platform. So that's where I'm like, fuck Facebook, right? Uh, I know I'm on Facebook Live right now. But overall, you're like, okay, I'm going to get do less and less stuff on Facebook. Um, it can govern a lot of your like decision making. So that's kind of where I'm at. I haven't written out quite elegantly, uh, to be honest, and I've outlined a lot of the chapters. So basically, it's, it's like, you know, uh, staying the problem, defining freedom, uh, you know, talking about it as a as a process and not an outcome, and then looking at the different areas of life, primarily health, wealth, and relationships, and how can we practice freedom in those areas and, and increase our autonomy and move away from coercion, and whether that's through you know uh, you know freelancing and then even within freelancing, not being where you have to like work with clients you don't want to work. How do you gain autonomy and ultimately get towards passive income? Um, you know, for relationships is like how do you get to like a healthy relationship and, and healthy relationships. Um, and you know, with your health, how do you like stay healthy? So it kind of covers the fundamental stuff, but I think it's a cool framework and it's something that could potentially be valuable to people. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna do a good Facebook live comments, which I had 18 people on. So thanks 18 people for watching me rock that stuff. That's cool. Um, and then the other interesting thing that I might do 
tied to this, there's a couple of things, right? I'm going to mess with BitClot more. Um, for example, I uh, have my profit fixed formula ecom course. Honestly, I'm probably going to experiment and basically say, hey, anyone who buys $10 of my coin and BitClot can have the course. That's the only way you can get it to start. And maybe several hundred people will do that and it's cool. And then people get on the platform and they like it, or maybe nobody buys it and no big deal, right? Asymmetrical upside because I'm in a good place financially. I don't care. I can sell the course product fix formula to my list in Facebook, create some upsells, have about a hundred dollar AOV, uh, probably sell, you know, a thousand copies, 1200 copies in the first couple of weeks, make a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand dollars which would be great. Awesome money. I can still use the money. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need the money. And so rather than do that, I'm like, yeah, let me experiment, right? I'm gonna try to do it on this, to get people on this, this platform that I think is interesting. And so my upside of if a bunch of people do buy $10 of my creator coin on BitClub, um, and then my coin values, and I get noticed by more people on the platform and then other people on the platform buy my coin, which further increases it. And then the platform becomes like more mainstream and a lot of mass people come in and mass adoption happens, massive upside. Like I'm way ahead of people. My coin's high, I've got lots of followers. I'm like, you know, pioneering on the platform. Downside is nobody buys my, you know, thing and they're just like, all right, and then whatever, and maybe in a couple of months, they decide to release it uh, through a traditional funnel, right? Asymmetry, massive upside, no downside, really. Um, so I'm gonna mess with that more. And then I'm really thinking about, and I don't know if I'm gonna do this or not because I don't wanna overextend myself, but even creating a, um, an e-com type of supplement company that really the supplements are just a sneaky tripwire to create an experience company. That's all about um, basically target towards millennials and I guess a little bit of Gen Z that is all about creating experiences. And um, like, so basically if you have the supplement, then like we ran out of castle in Ireland, right? Your customer, you're on continuity subscription. You're like, hey, we ran out of castle in Ireland, available to the first thousand people who are our subscribers to the supplement, come to the castle. We're gonna have like, I don't know, like Bono there. And like, we're gonna have, um, you know, like this like crazy archeologists and we'll have like whatever different intellectuals. We'll basically create these crazy events um, that are all around like experiences and uh, but they're only available to people who, who have the supplement. And then within that, that realm, if it's all about experiences then you're like, well, hey, how do you give your, put yourself in the position, my millennial friends to have those experiences? Well, um, turns out by having more freedom in your lives, right? Economic freedom, especially, uh, but also from relationships and other things like that. So funnily enough, you can start to actually like, I can sell the book that I'm gonna write through the supplement company. I can, um, you know, sell stuff about how to become a freelancer, how to make money online, like bizoppy stuff without being bizoppy, but I can basically create all the shit I wanna do anyway, I could do that while building a company that potentially has, you know, like massive value if you get a ton of subscribers and then you're also no experiencing. So um, I don't know, this is shit I'm working on and thinking about and I wanted to share all of that. And um, that's about that's about it on um, what I got going on. But yeah, I'm pretty into that, that supplement idea. Cause again, there's the experience economy, millennials value experiences over anything else. Um, you know, the supplements would be stuff like, um, you know, just like mood, like sleep, go for like energy, right? Like, like focus, whatever. Well, maybe sexier, funner names, but like, they're not going to be like a, you know, magical diabetes cure or any, you know, any bullshit stuff like that. It's going to be really good ingredients that like I love that I've researched that I have a team look at. I'll get like a bunch of doctors and experts, like an expert advisory board of like, you know, kind of like sexy millennial hipster doctors, but who are like also went to like, John Hopkins or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, we'll have tons of like user generated content 
And then you can have all kinds of events, whether they're like parties or cruises or like, you know, going and in, in intellectual TED talk type stuff. Um, just create all kinds of events for the community and make it so that really your subscription with the supplement, like again, high quality supplement, you love it, you take it, you notice the difference, but your subscription is almost like your membership to the community, which then enables you to have access to all these crazy events. And that's something I love doing. That's the thing that's funny is like, I love events. I love putting on events. I love creating experiences. I love supplements and I take them and I sell, I'm great at selling them. Right. Um, and it's all about a lifestyle that then encompasses freedom, which is really important to me. So what's funny is as I've been sort of in a holding pattern of sorts, uh, for the last month or two and kind of like that can be frustrating, but it's fun to see these different pieces, like start to click together. Um, and to be like, man, like, you know, Oh, a couple of these seemingly disparate ideas could actually all be part of something really big and very meaningful and very impactful to impacting the lives of a billion people in addition to the road to a billion. So yeah, that's what's up. I mean, I feel like sharing this stuff uh, is probably on some hand, like not a great idea. Hopefully nobody rips me off. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I'll have some proof that I had, I shared the idea first. All right, that's just about it for today. Before we finish though, let me share a little bit more about how you can stay in touch with me. I have a private email list where I share high level tricks, strategies, and insights about copywriting, entrepreneurship, mindset, and more. In fact, often my podcasts are based on topics I first emailed out to my list weeks or even months earlier. So if you want to get brand new stuff from me every single day, go to stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. These emails are often upwards of a thousand words and I send them every day. So make sure you really can commit to engaging with me on that level. But as long as you can, and you should, because I do drop a ton of value in these emails, go apply to join my list today. And again, the web address is stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe. And in case you don't know how to spell my name, which is okay, it is S-T-E-F-A-N, Paul, and then my last name is georgi, G-E-O-R-G-I.com. So stephanpaulgeorgi.com forward slash subscribe, and I will see you in my email list.